0: Welcome to the 10 podcast, the show where it's all made up and the points don't matter.
1: <laughs>
0: huh. Wasn't that funny, Brandon? Whose line is it anyway? Is that show still on TV? I, no, I don't. I, I would doubt it. At least not the original you cast. You watched
1: it back in the day, didn't you?
0: Yes. You loved it. When Drew Carey hosted it, yes. I mean, I was like 14, but yeah. I remember liking it, yes.
1: Yeah, same here. There's no shame yeah. in that. Okay.
0: No, yeah, that wasn't a, well, a trick. The shame is that the opening I just did has been done to death in like a billion things since then. Oh. Anyway, something else that's done a billion things since then is me. My name is Nick Amell. I'm your host and I'm joined now by...
1: Brandon, a guy who is the sidekick host. That's right. Speaking to you now. Just
0: Brandon like share. Yeah. And this is the show where either myself or Brandon bring a top 10-ish list with fun facts and trivia each week. The other doesn't know what the list is and they try to guess and Brandon... We are firmly in Spooktober Mm -hmm. now, as we record this
1: live in the ears of our listeners and I gotta say this... You've been teasing me, you've been titillating me about this list. I've been doing a lot of things to you,
0: You, not all of them you know about. This might be the most excited about a list I've
1: had in 103 episodes of the show. So, what does that say? That says uh, drum roll, insert edit a drum roll in here. No, give me a drum roll with your mouth. Now, go. You're supposed to do it. No, that...
0: I didn't ask you if you had a fucking giant-ass burrito for lunch. I asked you if you
1: could do it's a drum roll. It's funny that you say that because I thought about... My kid has this book. Um, it's a, like a fart book. You know, kids like have those books and on the side there's buttons. That you push the buttons that makes train noises, whatever. They're the yes, most obnoxious yes, yes. books. It's one of those but all the noises are farts. And I thought about having that and if you had a bad joke, I would just make a different fart noise.
0: That's a great idea. Why don't we write that one down and come back to it in a week and see if we still
1: think it's a good idea. Sure.
0: Let's sit on it for a little bit.
1: Well, since I've been sitting on that one for like months, yeah, I'm positive it's a great idea. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll do a poll on Twitter and see. Mm -hmm. Today, in honor of Spooktober,
0: we're going to be going into a new direction to talk about,
1: we're going to cover the most popular cryptids on earth today. The most popular cryptids on earth. What do you think of that? I'm very interested. We did a list similar to this once. It was the most, no, googled, mo- the most googled monsters.
0: Oh, okay, sure. But there's, um,
1: yeah, I'd have to go back and listen to that. But I don't think most of these were on there. No, it was not exclusively cryptids, but I think maybe something like Bigfoot. Yeah, I know. Because I know like Dragon
0: was number one. Yeah, I there think, were some there. stuff
1: that we weren't, we didn't feel like was a real monster. It
0: was also poorly mined, wouldn't you say? Who did that? Who pulled that? Da-
1: Ooh. That was shared by huh. a listener. Hmm. Sure. The listener put that together.
0: Not true. Brandon did that list. But today we're going to do a good list because Nick has the list and the list is the most popular cryptids and here's how it was pulled. Uh, actually, before I tell you what it was pulled, why don't you tell the folks at home, what is a cryptid? Brandon, what the hell is a cryptid?
1: Cryptid is like a... How do you a, define that? It's a mysterious creature. We're not sure if it exists or not. It's like, um, well, I don't want to start giving any examples because those are guesses. But it's a spooky, yeah. mysterious creature that's like a, an urban legend. I have two
0: quotes here on what a cryptid is. Number one comes from Insider.com. They say, a cryptid is a folkloric creature whose existence has yet to be proven. And according to Wikipedia, cryptids are animals presumed by followers of the cryptozoology pseudoscientific subculture to exist on the basis of anecdotal or other evidence considered insufficient by mainstream science. So, in both cases, they're basically saying it's animals that some people say are real, but there's no science, there's no evidence that's considered sufficient by mainstream science. Right. To pull this list, I went to insider.com. They had a great article, and the article says that they looked at Wikipedia pages of all cryptids and based on how many page views those Wikipedia pages got, as well as how many edits of pages they got, they determined how frequently talked about these cryptids are to rank basically the most talked about, most discussed, hottest cryptids that people like to talk about. And that's how I got my ranking of the top 20. You'll guess the top 10, I have the top 20.
1: Okay. So I guess these are international.
0: International. So, like I said, I have 20. I will say eight or nine of the 20 Mm -hmm. you can name off top of your head. Right. The rest you've likely never heard of and that's fine. We'll cover those later. But but majority of the top 10 are very famous, well known. I don't think you have a problem guessing this list.
1: Well, then I want to start, I want to try to guess like their positions on the list. I'm going to say Chupacabra. Okay. I think is Spanish for goat sucker. Yes. I think... El Goat Sucker is number five on the list. You're so wrong, it's embarrassing. Well, what is it? Do you want to go take a shower, get a good night's sleep and come back and do this tomorrow when you're fresh and not... I did actually not get good sleep last night. So, yeah, that's a good uh, idea. We're, let's do an edit right here. All right, we'll see you tomorrow.
0: And we're back, Brandon just stupidly guessed Chupacabra as number five. It's actually number four, fucking idiot. <laughs> Chupacabra is number four. And the chupacabra, I did not know this, it is a very recent phenomenon. The Chupacabra Mm -hmm. is the most recent cryptid on the list. The earliest known sighting is 1995.
1: I remember it coming up on that show um, Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast AM with Mm -hmm. Art Bell, Uh, they would talk about the chupacabra. Is is it in your notes? Does it translate to goat sucker? Yeah, exactly goat sucker. Is it? Yeah, that's the
0: exact translation. Hell yeah.
1: I know my cryptids. I'll get some know, Spanish
0: people yelling at me on Twitter. I know but... my
1: goat suckers. Hmm. <laughs> we have a club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heyo.
0: oh, get the fart book out. Hit that fart button. But you know, most of the cryptids on the list have origins in like ancient times or at least hundreds of years old. But the Chupacabra 1995, for each cryptid, I'm going to tell you the earliest known sighting like I just did, mm-hmm. 1995 if you didn't hear. Do you need that again? 1995. Year of our Lord. I'm going to tell you the country where it was first noted. I'm going to tell you a physical description of the cryptid, other nicknames the cryptid may have, and then some hashtag fun facts from hashtag Nick's Notes. So, the chupacabra is found in Puerto Rico. Can you give me a rolling R on Puerto Rico for me? Puerto Rico. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) You cannot. When it was first documented, the chupacabra was said to have four legs wide dark eyes and three fingers. Now, does that mean three fingers in total or three fingers per hand, per per per,
1: Yeah, per limb. Well, it's not specific. I have to assume three fingers in total. That's really weird. That's like uh, the Simpsons. How is that like the Simpsons? Because they have three fingers. Most animals have like four at least, right? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is
0: it has four legs but three fingers. So, one of those legs is missing a finger. Or maybe more because you could have three fingers on one leg only and the other three are bare. So, <laughs> we're really gonna need to figure this out. We should stop the show until we get it. Get it. Okay, well, more about the chupacabra. It was also described as having spiky hair much like 90s boy bands uh, but the spiky hair was on its back and small air holes in place of a nose. So, instead of a nose, it has kind of a little alien nose, right? Like,
1: yeah. Two holes. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it right now.
0: It looks like an ugly dog. Yep. And uh, we will talk about dogs momentarily, believe me. It's a vampiric creature that drained goats and other small animals of their blood. Mm. Uh, its name means goat sucker because, well, I'll tell you the story. The first reported attack eventually attributed to the creatures occurred in March 95 in Puerto Rico. Eight sheep were discovered dead, each with three puncture wounds in the chest area and reportedly drained of blood. I think that's where the three fingers thing comes from. hmm a few months later, an eyewitness named, doesn't matter, reported seeing the creature in the Puerto Rico town of Canavas, which when as many as 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed on one farm. How many? In
1: 1970, 150. That's a giant herd. Yeah. Were they attacked by a herd of chupacabra? Is this the work of one chupacabra? I cabra? think just one chupacabra. What? Well, Jesus.
0: But this is not the only time this has happened because in 1975... Way before the chupacabra ever was on anyone's mind, similar killings in the small town of Mocha were attributed to El Vampiro de Mocha, the vampire of Mocha. Initially, it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult, and so later more killings were reported around the island, and many farms reported loss of animal life. Each of the animals was reported to have its body bled dry through small circular incisions. This animal, this one, presumably one chupacabra did enough damage to where people thought a satanic cult rolled through a town. It's kind of like when you roll through a town and and all the Taco Bells are depleted.
1: (laughs) I wish there were more like actual (laughs) satanic cults doing stuff like that. I think... Why the hell do you hope that? Because I think what they really do is just sit around and like review books and burn incense and stuff.
0: So, you're saying you wish they were more like how the mainstream portrays them to be? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was just looking because I, I was checking out pictures of a Koopa, of chupacabra. Uh, I saw that there was one shot and killed in Edmond, Oklahoma. Oh. There is a graphic video of it and I can see a picture of the graphic video and it is, does look like a, a goat sucker. Oh wait, officials say it is not a chupacabra. Uh, Michael Holmes with the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife said, looks like a coyote with a case of mange.
0: <laughs> That's what they all say. Yeah. Like, You know, I looked at Wikipedia for all these too and it was always saying that pretty much every sighting of a chupacabra where there's a body turns out to be a wild dog of some kind with mange. Oh, no. (laughs) This is a quote from Wikipedia. There are also reports of stray Mexican hairless dogs. Yeah. Being mistaken as chupacabras. And I instantly think of that little Chinese crescent dog, you know, that like rich old ladies have where it's bald except it's head, tiny dog.
1: I think I know which one you're talking about. All right. Well, that's not a chupacabra, so.
0: That's pretty much it. Do you think the chupacabra is real, Brandon? How many have you seen? How many have you sucked the blood out of its... (laughs) That I like,
1: I'm at a goat and I glance over next to me and I'm like, oh, hey. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a chupacabra. Well, so maybe I'll give my, uh, my expert opinion on each of these. I do feel like the chupacabra is a coyote with mange. I'm looking at all the pictures of them captured and they all look like pretty miserable coyotes. Of all the top 10,
0: this one's like the most easily debunked to me.
1: It looks like a dog that's in bad shape. But some of the the drawings, like the artist renditions... <laughs> go way off in other directions, yeah. like giving him bat wings and bat ears. Alien
0: faces, usually. I've seen a lot with like... It looks like that... If you looked at nothing but the face, you'd say, oh, it's an alien.
1: Yeah, there's one... But then the rest of the body is like a... The yeah. image on the Chupacabra Wikipedia page, it looks somewhat aquatic too. Can you imagine if the creature of the
0: Black Lagoon was a real damn thing though? Fuck that. <sighs> I don't think I'd ever go... I, I'd never go
1: outside again if those existed. There was a monster movie in the 80s that my brother and I really loved called Monster Squad. It's on Amazon Prime, free with Amazon Prime. It's a pretty good 80s monster movie and the, sca- the legitimate scariest monster in there to me is the creature from the Black Lagoon. The makeup, the special effects for it looks super real. When he opens his mouth, it looks like a disgusting lizard fish mouth. Are you talking about old people? He's the most primal of all the monsters. Like you could talk to Dracula, you could probably somewhat reason with the Wolfman. definitely when he's in his human form. Same thing with Frankenstein, the mummy just seems like a waste of space. You could mm-hmm. knock him over with a, with a broom. But the creature from the Black Lagoon is just a fish with muscles and claws and there's nothing you can do to stop a, a stupid fish.
0: It's like the merman in Cabin in the Woods, which is my favorite part of that movie. But you know, you mentioned something a minute ago, you said that the creature of the Black Lagoon is a he. So, what is it about women that you hate, Brandon? No,
1: I'm basing that on the fact that only... Why do they make you so angry? Only a male creature from the Black Lagoon would... Well, he specifically attacked a woman to make a fish baby with her.
0: Yeah, but if this is a whole species, then you have to assume that there's lady creatures at the Black Lagoon. Maybe. Sorry, i thought not my type. Well, your type is also not the chupacabra. It is number four.
1: Do you have another guess? How about a skinwalker? A skinwalker. It's a good guess, but it is not on here now. Okay. Show me
0: Sasquatch. Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot. What number is our friend
1: Bigfoot? Number two.
0: Now, if you think Bigfoot's number two, I'm curious to know what you think number one is but hold that thought because Bigfoot is number one. Oh. You have a great knack for ruining lists right at the start. That's my thing. But Brandon is gonna just blow our socks off with a a secret so good later that you need to
1: stay tuned for. Right after the ads. Where I am? Yeah. That's why you got to keep people hooked, remember? We did this last time. Oh, that's right. I'm gonna reveal something terrible that I've done. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Brandon's the Golden State Killer all along. Uh, Okay, Bigfoot or Sasquatch is number one with a bullet. I was not surprised at all that it was number one. People that have claimed to see Bigfoot generally describe it as a large, hairy, muscular, (laughs) bipedal, ape-like creature roughly six to nine feet or about two to four meters tall covered in hair, described and the, the hair is black, dark brown, or dark reddish. The earliest known sighting of Bigfoot is unknown, I, I could not find, usually I'm able to pinpoint a specific story, uh, Bigfoot I don't, but the name Bigfoot itself was first given to large grizzly bears in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, so the name Bigfoot's fairly recent. All sightings are in North America, especially California and Washington. In fact, let's see, about one-third of all claims of Bigfoot sightings are located on the Pacific Northwest. There's been 23,000 sightings of Bigfoot, according to the Travel Channel. 23,000. How many of the 23,000 do you think people really think they saw it? Like, four? (laughs) (laughs) Ten? So, legends existed about Bigfoot before there was a single name for the creature. I kind of said that before. But ecologist Robert Pyle argues that most cultures have accounts of human-like giants in their folk history, expressing a need for some larger-than-life creature. Each language had its own name for the creature featured in the local version of such legends. Many names meant something along the lines of wild man or hairy man. <laughs>
1: wild man. <laughs> you know, one time, uh, once I was in a wedding and I was a groomsman and they gave all the, you know, you could get a groomsman's gift. And the gift everyone got was an engraved pocket knife. And my friend who liked jazz, his pocket knife said Jazz Man. And for me, they didn't have like a nickname that went along with it. So, uh, they just put Wild Man. (laughs) It was really great. Every once in a while, I could tell someone that I was carrying a knife that said Wild Man on (laughs) it. Uh,
0: You're probably the... Well, other than me, you're probably the least uh, wild man with a knife
1: out there. Did you happen to see? You did happen to see that super beefy Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: On a scale of one to ten, how turned on are you? So, so how gay are you now after looking at
1: that? Nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe I have to curb this because each time we, uh, I've guessed one of them, I've, I've looked the cryptid up and started looking at the pictures while we talk about it and my god, <laughs> the artist renderings They're of these. They're great. Yeah, all the pictures of cryptids are incredible. I wish every version of these was real. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't wish every version of these were real, Why I not? can promise. Those would be so fun. The world would be a much more enjoyable place.
0: Well. When we get to uh, like number, number uh, seven on the list, you tell me if the world would be a more enjoyable place with those. I might
1: be whistling a different tune.
0: Yes. And it's not Dixie. Okay, I'm going to tell you more about Bigfoot. Okay. I mentioned that Travel Channel says there's been over 23,000 sightings of Bigfoot in just the US over the years. Most reports are considered mistakes or hoaxes even by those who believe in Bigfoot. Even Bigfoot believers will tell you that most Bigfoot sightings are hoaxes. Yeah,
1: I think so too.
0: Did you know in 1974, the National Wildlife Foundation funded a field study seeking Bigfoot evidence? hmm But they found nothing. They got nothing. <laughs> so, there's that, there's that. Now, let me tell you about the Bigfoot's impact on pop culture. It has, quote, become an entrenched in American pop culture, and it is as viable an icon as Michael Jordan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is the Michael Jordan of cryptids. I guess that's why it's number one. But let's say you went to a third world country
0: or like a tribe that's like far away from civilization. They're not your typical people that have a lot of access to TV and all that. Do you think the average one of those people would know sooner who Bigfoot or Michael Jordan is by the name alone?
1: I think at this point, I'm trying to think like if you went to a village in like... The rainforest or something. Yeah, or or in Africa or something and you said Michael Jordan or you said Bigfoot or Sasquatch or like a variation of that. It's at this point in history, it's got to be Bigfoot. Michael Jordan hasn't bounced the ball in like 20 years, at least not for the NBA.
0: You might be right other than the fact that they might not know the name Bigfoot as much because they all have their own names for it, right? Right. But... The idea, I think, yeah. And I brought that up. I remember uh, Michael Richards, who plays Kramer on Seinfeld, once stated in an interview that he was trying to get a vacation or a break. I can't remember if it was during Seinfeld or after, but it must have been during. And he went away and he wanted to, he intentionally found some far off remote place where like they didn't have electricity and he literally went to like villages like the ones we're talking about. And he said they, they knew who he was and they so they were
1: calling him Kramer. Some guy wearing a gourd on his penis was like hey, <laughs> the ass man's in town. <laughs> Isn't that great though? Great slash strange. <laughs> they wa- anyway. They, they watched it on a TV that's made out of like leaves and, and wood and stuff but it still has like an HD image of of Seinfeld on it. Yeah. On
0: this note Jane Goodall. Listener of the show, I think she's a Patreon member as well. She's known for her, uh, her monkey research. <laughs> her monkey
1: shines. Yeah, she loves monkeys. Her
0: ape research. Yeah, Jane Goodall. She's like the most famous and respected name in like uh, primate research. Mm-hmm. She was asked for her opinion of the Bigfoot. And in a 2002 interview, she said, I'm sure they exist. Uh, well, I'm a romantic, so I always wanted them to exist. And then she later said, you know, why isn't there a body? I can't answer that and maybe they don't exist, but I want them to. So, she was all over the place somehow. She said like six things in one sentence there.
1: Maybe she was drunk when they interviewed her.
0: Uh, is she known for that? Or is this just one of those accusations you're going to put out there and oh, see if it gets
1: reported by like a major news station? Alcoholism accusation at Jane Goodall? Yeah. Yeah, what's she going to do to me? <laughs> she can unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I take it back. I'm sorry. I'm the alcoholic. Yeah. So, that's pretty
0: much all I have on Bigfoot himself. But I have quite a few notes on the Patterson-Gimlin film because I am so fascinated by that film. So, the Patterson-Gimlin film, I know you know what it is. Oh, yeah. But for the listeners, that's that's the most famous Bigfoot footage or film or quote evidence out there. It's the one we've all seen on YouTube or in commercials or on TV. If you look at Bigfoot on
1: Wikipedia, that image is definitely on there.
0: Well, no, it's not. He's later on there. I was on that page today. Okay. But it's the footage of what is claimed to be a, a Bigfoot, a giant ape man. Lumbering. Walking on two legs away from the camera and he looks back over his shoulder at the camera and then he like disappears in the woods. Yeah. I promise you, you've seen it. So, that footage, I've done a lot of research on that footage actually before even this episode because so, there's documentaries and books just about this 50 seconds of footage. Right. Here's the background on it. I'm telling you about this, A, because it's fascinating sell to me, but B, because this is the most compelling evidence we have of a Bigfoot. Yeah. So, the Patterson-Gimlin film was shot in Northern California in 1967. The filmmakers were Roger Patterson and Robert Bob Gimlin, and they were uh, admittedly searching for a Bigfoot when they, <laughs> when they did this. So <laughs> oh, that's a, our lucky That is a red day. flag. <laughs> a red flag, yes. Um, But they didn't just start randomly, they went to a specific part of the woods where there was a lot of supposed sightings, so that's something, right? Yeah. So Patterson, uh, he died of cancer in 72, but he maintained right to the end that the creature on the film was real, which doesn't prove anything, but it's an anecdote. Patterson's friend Gimlin, who's there, and he also has denied having any knowledge of a hoax with Patterson. So here's what the film is. The film shows what Patterson and Gimlin claimed was a large, hairy, bipedal, ape-like figure with short silvery brown or dark reddish brown or black hair covering most of its body, including its prominent breasts. Yes, it has boobies, big old boobies, like very noticeable in-your-face boobies. uh, They must not be that noticeable.
1: This is the first time I've ever noticed that about the Patterson ape. Have you seen the full footage? I have. Yeah, it's nuts. I've seen it tons of times. It's crazy that you said it's obvious and now that I'm looking at these images, I'm like how did I not see these big ol' swangin' jugs on this skunk ape all these years? It's a female. I love this video even more now. Yeah, no, you need to save that one, am I right boys?
0: Is this a, a she-ape? That's a she-ape. Oh man, it's a lady, this Bigfoot. changes
1: everything. I thought this was a, a
0: fella ape. We already acknowledge the fact that you don't like women.
1: Oh, look, here's one where you can really see the outline of the... Yeah, it's got boobies and
0: in fact, Patterson claims that they didn't follow the ape more and like try to keep up with it. They did for a while but then he was on foot trying to find it and they then he said he was afraid... Re- <laughs>
1: when they realized it was a woman, they
0: got shy. <laughs> <laughs> they turned into Goofy when he yeah. gets all red and starts twisting his nose. No, what really happened is they, they were afraid of uh, a male, uh, a mate coming oh, to protect yeah. the female. Oh, Okay, so the figure in the film generally matches the description of Bigfoots offered by others who have claimed to see one. They estimate that the closest they got to it was about 25 feet, or just under 8 meters, away from the creature. The figure had walked away from them to a distance of about 120 feet before Patterson began to run after it. The resulting film, which is about 59 seconds, is initially quite shaky until Patterson got about 80 feet or 24 meters from the figure. At that point, the figure glanced over its right shoulder at the men, which is the most famous like two seconds of the footage. It's walking away, glances over his shoulder multiple times at them. The Bigfoot knows it's there, they're there, Patterson and him. And Patterson fell to his knees. Patterson would later characterize the creature's expression as one of contempt and disgust. And quote, you know how it is when the umpire tells you one more word and you're out of the game? That's the way it felt. <laughs> so, they thought that Bigfoot was had enough of its shit. Maybe the Bigfoot had a long day at work that day. She
1: definitely was not, she wasn't interested in mating.
0: Or maybe she's got a she had to go take her bratty kids to school or something. She
1: was like, who are these small, hairless, pale boys? They keep trying to grab at my boopies. So, I have not seen the full footage in a while. I'm watching the whole thing right now. On YouTube, as we're talking, this was a, a stabilized version. And it is really cool in that it's a little bit, you know, grainy and out of focus and bouncy but it is a big, a big like bulky ape creature just lumbering around in the woods and... Uh, on two legs, walking upright. One of the things I've read a bunch is that
0: they're unable to replicate the gait, the walking style in a human. Like when they do experiments and tell a human, okay, walk exactly as the Bigfoot is walking in this footage, they can't do it. They can't do it. It's an unnatural gait for a human. But then there's a whole bunch of counter arguments, so I'm not even saying I believe in it. I'm just saying it's not, uh, it's, it's not footage that you can just look at and immediately rule out unless you're an asshole, right? I mean, people will tell you, oh, it's an ape costume. Unless you don't like fun. This is fucking 1967. When in 1967 was an ape costume that elaborate with boobs created, Mm, you know, for like a film or something?
1: I was going to say Planet of the Apes. Planet of the (laughs) Apes. Right. Right.
0: But they don't look like that. The apes in Planet of the Apes do not look like that.
1: Their boobs aren't that big. That's a fact. Or voluptuous. Yeah. Yeah, this is a thick with two C's skunk ape.
0: Shortly after glancing over its shoulder on the film, the creature disappeared behind a grove of trees for 14 seconds, then reappears in the final 15 seconds. Patterson tries to follow it. Again, I mentioned, gave up. The film generated a fair amount of national publicity. Patterson appeared by showing excerpts from it on the Joe Pine Show, the Merv Griffin Show, the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. There was also articles on National Wildlife Magazine and Reader's Digest. However, the scientific community has not been as accepting of it. Bernard something, a zoologist and the so-called father of cryptozoology. What a fucking moniker. He's way into cryptozoology. He says that he thought the creature in the Patterson film was a suited human. So, that goes against what I was saying a minute ago. He objected to the film's subject's hair flow pattern as being too uniform, to the hair on the breast being as not being like a primate. I was going to say its,
1: like other apes don't have hairy boobs. Yeah. naked boobs.
0: But the counter argument to that is it's a Bigfoot. You know, it's not, it's its own thing. I mean, it's... That's true. But look at this, this father of zoology, he says the buttocks is not sufficiently separated.
1: Oh yeah. To be real. That's a great point. There is not a strong ass crack on this creature. <laughs> no. For as a big as ass the, crack. for as big as those thighs and ass clappers are on the back. Mm. You'd think this thing would have a 3 foot long ass crack. It doesn't. It doesn't. I can't not yeah. that I can see. And I'm and believe
0: me, I'm looking. No, and you're an expert at strong ass cracks. i yeah. This guy also said, the guy I've been quoting, he also said it was too calm in its retreat from pursuing men. So, those are all marks against
1: it. Well, it's probably been retreating from pursuing men, like, all its life. That's fucking no big deal to to this lady (laughs) ape.
0: With hooters like that, I mean...
1: (laughs) Oh, they're after me again. They're horny for me again. Here I go. (laughs)
0: Horny for me. On the flip side of the marks against it, you have a prominent primate expert, John Napier. He says that he is convinced the Sasquatch exists. Uh, referring to the Patterson-Gimlin film, he says, quote, I could not see the zipper and I still can't.
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean anything.
0: <laughs> it might not have a zipper. Well, he, he continues, perhaps it was a man dressed up in a monkey skin. If so, it was a brilliantly executed hoax and the unknown perpetrator will take his place with the great hoaxers of the world. Perhaps it was the first film of a new type of hominoid, quite unknown to science, in which case... Roger Patterson deserves to rank with Dubois, the discoverer of Pithecanthropus Erectus oh, yeah. or Raymond Dart of Johannesburg, the man who introduced the world to its immediate human ancestor, *Australopithecus Africanus. So, I don't know. It's a fun little film. I like it.
1: Yeah. If it's a, a fake, they did a really cool job. A really, really cool job. They had a good idea for it. Well executed. But yep. it's not fake. She's out there.
0: She is out there and her mate. Or many mates. That's Bigfoot. Okay. Sasquatch. I'm going to tell you something. Yep. I don't think any cryptids probably real today. Oh,
1: fucking spoiler.
0: But the Bigfoot is the most... Special? F- if any of them are real, I think the Bigfoot is the, realist, the most likely to be real.
1: Well, out of the two so far, I agree.
0: Yeah. Because it's primate. I mean, you could see how it's split off from the, you know, the ancestry tree at some point. It's not like it's unfathomable that it could exist like some of these other ones. And there's so much anecdotal evidence, most of it fake, but I don't know. Again, I don't think it's real probably, but there's enough there to make you, to be interesting at least.
1: I would love to have a cast of one of the footprints.
0: I'd love to have a cast of one of the boobs.
1: <laughs> it just laid down on the ground and put its boobs down there in the mud. <laughs> So, what do you think number one is then? Because you thought Bigfoot was two. I was going to guess that maybe Loch Ness Monster was number one. Because I think there had recently been some news on it. And I wondered if maybe maybe that affected it.
0: Yeah, Nessie's number two. Knew it. Yeah, you did. Well, you didn't. You thought it was one, so you're wrong. Nessie, uh, she, she or he, most usually referred to as a she, lurks in a lake called Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands. It is often described as large, long-necked, and with one or more humps protruding from the water. Oh, baby. Its earliest known sighting was the year 565. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, not too far off from your birthday, Brandon. Maybe even sooner than that, because stone carvings of a mysterious beast with flippers have been discovered in ancient eastern Scotland. So it's possible this goes way back. If it's not obvious, the country of origin for this is Kentucky. Oh, sorry, Scotland. Scotland. The best known article that first attracted a great deal of attention about a creature was published on May 2nd, 1933, in Inverness Courier. You subscribe to that, right? Inverness Courier?
1: Sure, I know what both of those words mean.
0: Anyway, they reported a large beast or whale like fish. This is back in 1933. Later that same year, the Courier published a report of another alleged sighting. The person who saw it said, that the nearest approach to a dragon or prehistoric animal that I've ever seen in my life. And it was trundling across the road toward the lock with an animal in its
1: mouth. Whoa, it was out of the water and like flopping around? I pasted
0: that from Wikipedia and just as it said, so that's what it looks like. Trundling across the road. Trundling, what does that word mean? Is that I mean was like, about to
1: do the same thing, like how does one trundle? Move or cause to move slowly and heavily, typically in a noisy or uneven way. Oh, so this that's the Brandon walk, fat aquatic thing was like blah, 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 <laughs> across the road with like a fish or something in its mouth, walking back to yeah. the water. And some guy was like, Jesus, what the f- oh, that's the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> you yeah. gotta call the, the Inverness Courier. Stop the press as I saw this fat sea <laughs> hag waddling across the street.
0: You know, maybe that's what Luke old Luke in The Last Jedi was squeezing the Mountain Dew out of in Star Wars. Was like getting maybe it was a Loch Ness monster.
1: Nessie juice.
0: Yeah. So Bigfoot has the the Patterson Gimlin film. Loch Ness has the surgeon's photograph. Yeah. You know what I'm talking
1: about. The it's a like a silhouette of uh yeah. head coming out of the water, it looks like a dinosaur head or something.
0: Yeah, so this is another one pretty much everyone has probably seen. Do a quick Google search for Loch Ness Monster. It'll be one of the first Google image results. It's the surgeon's photograph. Very famous photo, reportedly the first photo of the creature's head and neck. It was supposedly taken by Robert Wilson, a London gynecologist. It was published in the Daily Mail in 1934, so it's a very old photo. Wilson's refusal to have his name associated with it led to it being known as the surgeon's photograph. Why do they call it a surgeon? He's a gynecologist. He probably thought it
1: would hurt his gynecology business.
0: I'm not a lady and I can never pretend to know what it's like to be a lady. But I can't imagine gynecology in
1: 1934 was too fun for patients. For one, he's probably smoking a pipe while he checked you out.
0: Without washing his hands. Also,
1: if you found out your gynecologist was the one who caught this blurry poorly shot image of a Loch Ness monster, you would think, you know, this guy can't see shit and do I want him trying to like squint into my orifices?
0: Well, he took the photo from far away. What do you expect? That doesn't mean he can't see.
1: If someone's going to look into a hole in my body, they need to have... What's more than 20-20 vision? What's better than that? Brandon, I promise you, there will
0: never once... There will never once, ever, ever be a scenario where someone is itching to look inside a hole in your body.
1: What if I had a spider in my ear? Even the... Anyway, gynecology. The
0: surgeon's photograph. For 60 years, the photo was considered evidence of the monster's existence. However, the photo's scale was controversial. It is often shown cropped, making the creature seem large and the ripples like waves, while the uncropped shot shows the monster's in the center of the lock. Since 1994, however, so 60 years after the photo was first released, most agree the photo was an elaborate hoax. Details of how this was done in the 1999 book, Nessie, the Surgeon's Photograph Exposed. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) The creature was actually a toy submarine. Toy submarine was bought from F.W. Woolworths, and its head and neck were made from wood putty. So that's it. It was a toy submarine that was uh, zoomed in on and cropped to make it look like Nessie. And it was
1: intentionally a hoax. So, there's that. So, did, did you know that? Did the gynecologist who took the photo... He knew it was a hoax. He did know it was a hoax. He's the one who got there the... There was a bunch of shit on Wikipedia about how they pulled it off. I just didn't grab it because of time.
0: But yeah, they, they, there was a few of them. They made the submarine. They made the, the head and neck out of clut, uh, sorry putty. And then they put it in the water. They did tests with it. Someone came. They sunk it so no one would find it. And then they had to make another one. They took the photo. They cropped it on purpose. Sent it in. It's all fake.
1: Uh, so, this guy, his name, I was about to come down on him pretty hard for like, why the hell would you do that? Why would you do a hoax and then say like, oh, I don't want my name associated with it? What kind of madman is this? His name was Robert Kenneth Wilson. He was born in 1899, yeah. died in 1969. During World War II, he was in spe- something called Special Operations Exe- Executive. He parachuted behind enemy lines into German-occupied Europe and... Mm. He was awarded uh, some stuff for like what he did in the war. So, why is this guy doing this stupid shit then? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, he did this but
0: you know, we can make fun of him and ask why but he got away with it for 60 years. I mean, not that it's always had its doubters of course but no one like knew the definitive story and origin
1: until he was long dead. He died like still cackling about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him.
0: So, so, do we congratulate him on being a war hero yeah. or do we condemn no, him he's for a this? Hero. He gave us
1: all, okay. he gave us the gift of whimsy with his photograph. The gift of whimsy, yeah. Yeah.
0: Two more notes. There's definitely something large in the Loch Ness, but most people say it's either a large eel, uh-huh. elephant, which have, elephants have been seen in the like walking, sharks, catfish and more. I want to see a catfish as big as they think Nessie Wait, is. You just
1: kind of skipped over the elephant part.
0: Well, yeah, there's parts of the Loch Ness where the elephants can walk. What elephants?
1: What do you mean what elephants? Why would there be elephants in a lake in Scotland? That's fucking what it says. Are there no elephants in Scotland? No, elephants are not native to Scotland.
0: I know they're not native, but it doesn't mean they're not there. Elephants, believe it or not, they're not native to Tulsa, Oklahoma either, Brandon. I know, but... but we got some here.
1: Okay, I'm, so I had to go to the Wikipedia page and look it for myself. Yeah, I'm looking myself. Does it,
0: it does say that, right?
1: Uh, in 2006, a paleontologist suggested that traveling circuses might have allowed elephants to bathe in the lock and the trunk could be there the go. perceived head and neck. Oh. A- in support of this, uh, this paleontologist who is also an artist provided a painting. So, as proof that it was possible for a circus to have let an elephant walk around <laughs> and this guy took a picture of it, he said, I painted a rendering of it. <laughs> Get a load of this. How's this for evidence, Your Honor? I'm going to paint the
0: rendering of you at the Atlanta airport and put an end to it once and for
1: all. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, (laughs) Your Honor, I'd like to enter Exhibit A, this painting.
0: The jury only deliberates for 10 minutes guilty or innocent, whatever, whatever the painting says. Last thing on Nessie, did you know that Nessie... Is such a huge deal that it's estimated to bring in $51 million in tourism money every year to Scotland. People come to the Loch Ness to find Nessie.
1: Good for them. I mean, if I went to Scotland, it would be as long as it was convenient. I'd make it a stop on my list. Check out that lake. I'd stop That by. walk.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, we don't need to go to Loch Ness to see a monster because we got a monster right now that I'm talking to who's going to give another guess about this top 10 list. I'm going to start getting into
1: some... Well, how about like the Jersey Devil? Yes. What number? Seven.
0: Actually, we forgot. You said you're going to tell us your thoughts on each cryptid. Do you think there's any chance of a real Loch Ness monster alive today?
1: Not a dinosaur. That's probably a big eel or big like gross fish or something. Yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of big gross stuff. Okay.
0: You're boring. Well, the Jersey Devil is not seven, it's six. Man.
1: So. still pretty good.
0: What is a Jersey Devil, Brandon?
1: He's a little goblin, half goblin. He or she. Well, whatever. I'm I'm just going with he is a little goblin fella, half devil, half goblin boy with bat-like wings. (laughs) Boy. He lives in uh, (laughs) New Jersey. Yep. That's why the, their hockey team is called the New Jersey Devils. Yes. You're reading my notes. I have that as a note. <laughs> New Jersey Devils.
0: <laughs> We're the Devils. Common description is that of a bipedal kangaroo-like creature with a horse or goat-like head, leathery bat wings, horns, small arms with clawed hands, legs with cloven hooves, and a forked tail. Furthermore, it's been reported to move quickly and is often described as emitting a high-pitched, blood-curdling scream.
1: I think this is actually probably just like crackheads. This sounds like the (laughs) the description of a crackhead. Crackheads just (laughs) screaming in the (laughs) alleyway.
0: The Jersey Devil, uh, I would have thought, is a newer phenomenon, kind of like the chupacabra. But it goes all the way back to the 1700s. It's also called the Leeds Devil. And that's because of a story of the origins of the Jersey Devil or Leeds Devil. Here it is. The legend states that a woman named Mother Leeds became pregnant with her 13th child and said, let this one be a
1: devil. Why would you do that, lady? (laughs) What a stupid idea. I mean, it is kind of metal, but like, it doesn't sound like it's going to work out. Well, I think it's old timey
0: speak. It's not like I want this to be a devil. It's this one is a devil because it's number 13 and I'm sick of having kids. But you should hope for the best, though.
1: You don't hope for the worst. I mean, the devil is kind of fun. It depends who you're asking. If you're asking Jesus, not fun. Tell me what he was like when he came out. I'll tell you if he sounds fun. Once the child was born, it grew hooves, Uh (laughs) wings,
0: (laughs) horns, and a tail. Fun, 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 fun. That's Mother Leeds' 13th baby. It's the Jersey Devil. It's believed that the legendary animal is indestructible (laughs) and cannot die despite being exorcised, shot, incinerated, and declared dead. I think of the Jersey Devil kind of like the uh, monster in Jeepers Creepers. You seen that movie?
1: Nope. Okay. Well,
0: that's what I always think of when I think of the Jersey Devil. So in some versions of the tale, the tale I just told you, Mother Leeds was supposedly a witch, and the child's father was the devil himself.
1: (laughs) This is the most metal of the cryptids so far. That's got to be a pretty big deal to be like, you know, if you're a groupie who wants to Mm -hmm. get with a rock star, it's kind of hard. You'd probably have to like, whatever, you'd probably have to do a lot of things you probably didn't want to do 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 to get there and then, you know, there's all kinds of competition to to be the one groupie to get with the rock and roll (laughs) star. Where is this going? But if you're a witch, you're a groupie of the devil. It's kind of awesome that you can just draw a pentagram on the ground with a circle around it and like splatter some sex juice in the middle of it and then poof, the devil himself, the biggest star in the evil world will show up and have sex with you and give you a devil baby. That's all you got to do, yeah. So, this Jersey Devil is the 13th
0: child of Mother Leeds and the Jersey Devil has been spotted 13 recorded times in New Jersey since then. The state has embraced the legend, so the state, the, the government of, the, of New Jersey, has accepted this devil and witch-sired devil mm-hmm. that's indestructible and cannot die. Okay.
1: I think that's cool. That's the sire of the devil is their state bird. And their hockey team is named after it, as
0: you spoiled for us minutes ago. Uh, and according to legend, while visiting the Hanover Millworks to inspect his cannonballs being forged, uh-huh. uh, Commodore Stephen Decatur sighted a flying creature and fired a cannonball directly upon it to no effect this is like in the 1800s Uh uh-huh he shot a cannonball at the damn thing and hit it no effect (laughs) it is pretty awesome Why is it that we will all immediately discount stories from the 1800s with no photographic evidence and all that?
1: Like this one. We're all just like, oh, it's immediately, it's not really a Jersey devil, blah, blah. It's because they were (laughs) like, we just don't, we don't trust them as being smart enough to like, they're the kind of people who are like, well, if I'm not sure what's over there, it's probably a city made completely of gold or there's dragons. Well, that's kind of where I'm going. is like, we all laugh
0: at these stories of like Jersey devils and Bigfoots being seen but, but somehow the Bible's is like totally valid, you know, stories from thousands of years ago that have been translated a billion times by a bunch of different people. Yeah, if you... I didn't mean to go on this rant, but here if we you
1: try, If you run away from God, you might find yourself living in the belly of a fish for three days. Yeah. And then coming out alive. But that's not
0: ridiculous. But this guy's story of throwing a cannonball at the Jersey Devil is, right? So, there's that. Sorry, pissed off people today, but fuck it. In 1909, the Philadelphia Zoo posted a $10,000 reward for the creature. That's how big this got in New Jersey. And I guess Philadelphia, who posted the $10,000 reward. The offer prompted a variety of hoaxes, as one might expect, including a kangaroo equipped with artificial claws and bat wings.
1: That's awesome. That someone tried to pass off as the
0: Jersey Devil.
1: Did they not think someone was going to like yank on those wings a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I... I
0: don't know where you get a kangaroo. I don't know how you convince the kangaroo to let you equip claws and wings to it. I don't know how you expect that to pass the bullshit test at the zoo where they deal with animals as their specialty, uh, but it did not work. Um, skeptics believe the Jersey Devil will be nothing more than a creative manifestation of the early English settlers' boogeyman stories created and told by bored Pine Barren residents as a form of children's entertainment, the byproduct of the historical local disdain for the Leeds family. The Leeds family's who... <laughs> mother leads the,
1: the witch god bless that is some terrible gossip it's not like hey she's a bad cook or she screams at her kids or i think she's sleeping with the neighbor it's she's a witch and she fucked the devil <laughs> yeah
0: all right one last note jeff brunner of the humane society of new jersey thinks that the sandhill crane a bird is the basis of the jersey devil stories he stated There are no photographs, no bones, no hard evidence whatsoever, and worst of all, no explanations of its origins that don't require belief in the supernatural. (laughs) So, Jeff Brunner doesn't believe. However, author Tom Brown Jr., he spent several seasons living in the wilderness. Several seasons (laughs) living in the wilderness of the Pine Barrens. He wanted to find the Jersey Devil. After his wife left him. (laughs) He recounts, listen to this, he recounts occasions when he lived in the woods Uh when terrified hikers mistook him for the Jersey Devil after he covered his whole body with mud to repel mosquitoes.
1: <laughs> like the fucking Predator or like Arnold so, Schwarzenegger yes. and Predator? Yeah, that's what he looked like and people thought he was the Jersey Devil. <laughs> How ugly are you if you cover yourself in mud? It's like the
0: priest in Seinfeld. He thought he saw the Jersey Devil, remember? And he got scared and was in the hospital. Yeah. That's this guy <laughs> or the, the hikers that saw this guy. Right. This guy is the putty in that
1: story. I understand.
0: That's the Jersey Devil, number six. What do you think? Real or fake?
1: Well, when I was looking at pictures of the Jersey Devil, I saw two pictures front and back of a black squirrel that has no fur on it. And it's, I don't know, I've never seen a squirrel with no fur on its tail before, but its tail is long like a rat tail, but it's a little thicker. And it does kind of look like a demon tail. I can see this naked squirrel being mistaken for a Jersey Devil.
0: Well, they said it was mistaken for a crane. Or a crane was mistaken. Yeah, I looked devil. up the crane
1: too. It d- doesn't look anything like a Jersey devil. I think that's why. I Well, I think gosh. it's because
0: they get huge and they, they get really tall and have really wide wingspans. And if you saw it in the dark and just like a silhouette of it, oh, you know.
1: I'd scream like a girl.
0: You might do a blood curling scream, yes. I'm going to I like go... the idea of this scary Jersey devil coming up and you're like terrified, petrified, unable to move and then it just goes. <laughs> <laughs> like a <What>? lady scream. <laughs> Now, that's scary, the one you did. Yeah. Mine was not.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say that there's a 51% chance of it being real.
0: 51, are you for real? Yeah. I'm going to say there's a 1%
1: chance <laughs> but... We're not far off. Alright, guess. How about uh, Mothman?
0: Mothman, what number?
1: Uh, eight. Five. Good for Mothman. I love Mothman. The Mothman is one of the most fun on here. It is. The baddest ass
0: mm-hmm. cryptid. He is a uh, large flying man with 10-foot wings. He is number five. He's the most recent cryptid besides the Chupacabra. Mm-hmm. His earliest known sighting was 1966. And what's interesting about the Mothman is he has a concentrated time frame where he was seen and he's not been seen since. 1966, like that, that winter yeah. is the only time he was seen he's been gone since. And this is in West Virginia in the US. Here's the story. On November 12th, 1966, five men who were digging a grave at a cemetery. <laughs> Clendenine...
1: a How many men were digging this grave? Five. Mm, okay. It's already suspect. This sounds like a party, but okay.
0: Oh, okay. Sounds
1: like they're all having fun right now.
0: Well, they're digging a grave. Nothing more fun than that.
1: Actually, kind of it does sound fun to me, but okay.
0: They claim to have seen a man-like figure fly low from the trees over their heads. Uh, this is the first known sighting of the Mothman. Shortly thereafter, like three days later, this is 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Mellet, told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10 foot wings. Brandon, let me ask you something. You and a date, you're out on Point Pleasant, mm-hmm. and you shine your headlights on something, and you see red eyes. And you, see, you even see something big that flies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you go to the police and say, I saw a large man with 10-foot wings? Or does your brain say, there's no way that was actually a man with 10-foot wings? Well, I'm going to go on tell a, him I saw an animal.
1: If I'm on a date, I don't know. Kind of yeah, depends. you're right. That's not realistic. So, you're alone. No, if it de- I was going to say, it depends on how the date's going. But no, if, just say like I'm driving around and I see... Like, would I report it to the police? No. Uh, I
0: don't don't know. I just think it's weird that they immediately go to, hey, police, uh, we're reporting a large man with wings.
1: I report nothing to the police. What the (laughs) fuck are they going to do about anything except get in the way? They're not going to help catch the Mothman. The one thing you would want to do if if the Mothman was real was let him keep being real and alive and there's no way the Mothman would survive a run-in with the cops. So... Uh, there were more sightings in West
0: Virginia around this time. So, wildlife biologist at West Virginia University, he told reporters that descriptions and sightings all fit the Sandhill Crane. That damn bird again.
1: This bird. A large bird, American crane. Fucking, everybody's <laughs> trying to blame this this fucking bird. I'm looking him up again. There's no way this bird looks like all this stuff.
0: Show me Sandhill a Sandhill Crane. They say it has a seven-foot wingspan.
1: Oh, I just saw it with its wings out, and yeah, it is kind of scary.
0: And they said no one recognized the crane because it was not native to the region. So, it could have it got into the area out of its migration route.
1: It came, a uh, circus let their crane wander around with their elephants. Right. Okay. Yeah,
0: no, you, you read the very next part of my notes. Well, it's that right? was what
1: the excuse for the dumbass the elephant walk.
0: I, I know. I got it. So, that's a mark against the validity of the Mothman. But let me tell you a mark for the Mothman. In December 1967, okay, so this is a year later. I said it was a few months earlier, but it's a year later. There was a collapse of the Silver Bridge in West Virginia, and it killed 46 people. The incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings
1: to the bridge collapse. Oh, I thought it was like right before the bridge collapse.
0: I think it was. I think it was. A month after the initial sightings, sightings continued, and then this bridge killed 46 people out of nowhere. So people say. And that's all I took. I didn't dive more deeper into it. I don't know if there's a stronger connection than that. Do you?
1: It was uh, more than a year later. Okay. It was uh, November 12th, 1966. Was the first sighting. That was The first sighting and then the bridge collapse was December 15th, 1967. So, it was 13 months and three days afterwards.
0: Yeah. So, why, do you know why the bridge collapsed and immediately people attributed it to the Mothman? I th- it might be just that this is a small nothing town in nothing West Virginia. I mean, sorry, West Virginia. We love you, but whatever. And so, it's a nothing town and then you see all these Mothman sightings from, in- from uh, independent people and then this bridge collapse killing a ton of people. So, like, what are the odds of that all happening in this small nothing town?
1: There's a report here on why the bridge collapsed. I'm trying to get to that part.
0: All right. Well, you keep reading. I'm going to read a few more notes. Some claim that the Mothman was an alien, which is why he disappeared again, or a previously unknown species. And in his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, author John Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced precognitions, including premonitions of the collapse of the Silver Bridge before it collapsed. Unidentified flying objects, visits from the inhuman or threatening men in black and other phenomena. So that's all happening in this town in West Virginia at the same time. Premonitions of a Silver Bridge collapse before it collapsed, The bridge collapsing, killing 46 people. Wait, they did have premonitions
1: of the bridge collapsing a year in advance?
0: According to the author of this book, yes. He said he interviewed people that said they saw that happen in premonitions. You also have the men in black and then the mothman all in this one little town. So, something's going on here. Or nothing. Nothing's
1: going on. That's also possible. Basically, this report says like something broke in it. (laughs) Something broke, something failed. (laughs) Cool. It doesn't say like it was a, a bomb, bomb or uh, we found moth droppings or something. It...
0: Moth droppings, as if that would prove anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. That you saw little tiny-ass moth a droppings
1: man, on a... Uh, No, a man-sized pile of moth droppings. Ugh, fuck that. A man-sized pile
0: of moth droppings. That's the quote of the week for Twitter. You're welcome. Well, have you ever heard of the Mothman Festival? I have. It's an annual festival that draws thousands to the town every year. In the center of the festival is a 12-foot tall metallic statue of the Mothman. It's been there since 2003. There's also a Mothman Museum and Research Center <laughs> opened in 2005. And the festival I mentioned, it's held on the third weekend of every September. Holy shit, that's this weekend, Brandon, that we're recording this.
1: We can't go because of the COVID. Are they gonna still going to oh, have it? I don't know. But also, we're live in October,
0: so sorry, yeah. I forgot. We can't go anyway. Uh, But the festival hosts guest speakers, vendor exhibits, pancake eating contests and hayride tours of locally notable areas. And last and certainly not least, in June of 2020, a petition was started to replace all confederate statues in the United States with statues of the Mothman instead. I'm into it. And as of July 2020, there were 2,000
1: signatures. (laughs) That's not going to be enough. I don't think those (laughs) petitions do shit.
0: (laughs) Isn't there a certain number where the president has to respond? Yeah, there, well, I'm pretty sure no, that, there used yeah. to
1: be one of those things. I think it was on the White House website where if a petition got a certain number of responses, the president would respond. But uh, like a lot of things, that shit's gone out the window.
0: Well, imagine if that was still in place, <laughs> they got enough signatures, we could be living in a world full of Mothman statues and I'd take a Mothman statue over fucking Confederate statues any day. But
1: who am I? I'm not a real American. No, you're not. I'm not not a patriot. All right, that's the Mothman. So, there's two left I
0: think you can guess.
1: Okay. Hmm.
0: And the rest I'll have
1: to just read to you. How about Goblin? No. Goblin doesn't count?
0: Goblin doesn't count? That's just a species of fictional creature.
1: Grassman. What? Grassman.
0: Grassman?
1: Grass man.
0: Grass man.
1: How many fuck? I don't know a different way to pronounce those two words. Fucking grass man. Well, you keep saying it instead of just saying yes or no
0: to me saying it, which would help. Well, are what you are saying you grass man? More? Yes. Okay. Well, you just kept saying it over as if I was mispronouncing it. It's no. like if you said if you said grass man and then I said grass man, wouldn't you think I'm correcting you? Okay. No. Anyway, that's the grass man. I've never. Is that yeah. a real thing?
1: Yep. That's not a fucking real thing. (laughs) I'm not fucking lying to you. (laughs) I've heard of a grass man. (laughs) What is it? I'm I'm guessing he's not. I don't know. I just heard of him. Well, I'm going to investigate the grass man
0: because I don't know about that. Let me tell you 11 through 20, okay? Okay. 20 is champ. That's literally what he's called. Champ. Also referred to as champtonus, 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 Americanus, or just champy. He's thought to be North America's version of the Loch Ness Monster. Number 20. Never heard of him or her.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of that.
0: Number 19 is Cadab- Cadborosaurus, also called Caddy. Dates back to 1937 when what's believed to be the creature's carcass was discovered in the stomach of a sperm whale in Naden Harbour off the coast of BC, Canada. 30 to 70 feet long. So they actually found like the carcass of this thing. Huh. 18 is the Thunderbird. Have you heard of this one?
1: No, maybe not. Okay. I mean, I know the car of the Thunderbird. Well,
0: it's not a car. It's a uh, winged monster in the sky, thought to look like a pterodactyl with an 18-foot-long wingspan in Arizona. Dates back to 1860. 17 is the Monkey Man of Delhi.
1: (laughs) I've heard of the Monkey Man.
0: Nothing for the Monkey Man. I thought you'd be more excited about the Monkey Man.
1: No, I'm, I thought I'm, you'd be
0: jumping up and down, doing a monkey dance for the monkey man. <laughs>
1: uh, no, I'm, I am, but he's not in the top ten, so I don't know. Well, like, I don't know what else to say about him. I love the idea of a man who is also a monkey, or a monkey who's a little bit more like a man.
0: You're not going to love him after this, because according to the Hindustan Times in 2001, dozens of people in Delhi, India, reported that they were being terrorized by a tall ape-like figure who supposedly bit or scratched them before disappearing. <laughs> uh, so you have dozens of witnesses with physical evidence on their body of being attacked by a, a tall him. ape-like figure. It said that three people died from that, including a pregnant woman who was chased by the creature and died falling down a staircase. And two other men jumped from balconies to escape the monkey man.
1: Holy shit. And they died. So, this is serious fucking business. He's definitely, whatever he is, he's scary as hell. I mean, probably just a guy in an ape suit, but it's still scary. If you were just hanging out somewhere and you, at the corner of your eye, you saw what looked like a beast running, sprinting at you and like going, Bruh! I would and not jump off a balcony, but I would run. Yeah, you immediately recognized it as a man in a costume. Would that fucking scare you any less than if You're it still was a beast? He does fucking run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's the fact that after. They
0: report a beast. No one reported a man in a suit, you know? Yeah. So, that's the Monkey Man of Delhi. 16 is the Magolan Monster. Lives somewhere along the Magolan Rim, a rock that stretches 200 miles across Arizona. hmm Goes all the way back to 1903. Long white hair and a matted beard that reached its knees. It wore no clothing and had talon-like fingers and claws at least two inches big. Uh, it's also sounds described like as being uh, huge with deep-set eyes, a hairless face, and massive shoulders and chest.
1: Sounds like Howard Hughes.
0: Fifteen is the Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp. The story goes that a man named Christopher Davis got a flat tire while driving near the Scape or Swamp. <laughs> Davis <laughs> supposedly exited his car to fix the tire when he spotted a <laughs> slimy green creature about seven feet tall. Oh, tarnation! That's the scariest Dan thing. A slimy green creature that's seven feet tall standing over you while you're kneeling down, helpless, changing a tire.
1: <laughs> and he's like, while well, you're down there.
0: <laughs> well, the lizard monster attacked him, attacked his car, and he reported it to the
1: sheriff's office. <laughs> he started fighting the guy's car.
0: <laughs> well, I might think the car's a, yeah.
1: He was trying to mate with it.
0: I mean, mating with cars, I've heard of worse things. Okay. 14 is the Folk Monster, also called the Southern Sasquatch, or the Boggy Creek Monster, or the Jonesville Monster. This legendary primate-like creature has reportedly been spotted in and near the town of Folk, Arkansas multiple times over the years. People still claim to see the Boggy Creek Monster today. It's been the subject of a bunch of films, including 1972's The Legend of Boggy Creek. Why isn't that just the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot? It's just seen in a different region.
1: I don't know, but the... Last podcast on the left just did an episode on the Boggy Creek monster.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Got to listen
1: to that. It's better than our podcast.
0: Mm, Yeah, last podcast on the left. Megaconda is 13. Mm. The legend of the massive snake stems from a reported sign in 1948 of a 131 foot long snake in the Amazon rainforest. Wow. I like that a lot. How big? 131 feet. The Megaconda. I know a few women who could uh, give evidence to a megaconda, am I right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. All right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Number 12 is the Yowie. As in Yowie Wowie. The Yowie is described as a large, hairy, human-like entity that roams Australia. The legend of the Yowie stems from tales that describe the beasts as hairy men lurking around different parts of Australia in 1820s and 1830s.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of hairy men in Australia.
0: (laughs) Especially in the 1800s. Why is that? Yeah.
1: All right. I always imagine like everyone in Australia in the 1800s as no matter like what age they are, what they're doing, they all have um, broken handcuffs around their wrists. <laughs> <laughs> and every, every man walking around
0: without a shirt on gets reported as being fucking yowie or Yaoi. Eleven is uh, British big cats. They don't have a name other than British big cats. Legendary creatures have been aptly described as very large cats that resemble mountain lions, pumas, or panthers.
1: Oh, that's just a big old kitty cat.
0: So that's 11 through 20. And you know what's not in the top 20 is the Slender Man. I thought Slender Man might be in here, but maybe he's considered like outside of the cryptid you yeah, know, definition. Yeah. Because
1: he's not like a, like, not an animal. So. You need
0: 10, 9, and 8, and 7.
1: Is Yeti different than Sasquatch or Bigfoot?
0: Yeah, 3 is Yeti. Yeti okay. is different because the Yeti lives in, in the, the Himalayas. Right. Yeah, he's in the snow. So Bigfoot likes Northern California, Pacific type uh, environments. The Yeti, number three, likes the snow in the Himalayan mountains. He is a hairy, white furred, bear or ape like creature that walks upright like a human. He's basically the Bigfoot's cousin that likes the, the cold. Uh, but his earliest known sighting is the 19th century. He's also known as the Abominable Snowman and Meta. Yeah.
1: Meta. What number is he? He's number three? Yeah. If he counts as one, does... Because I was calling the Bigfoot skunk ape. Does skunk ape count as a different animal? No, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, let me look back at my list here. What about... This might be stupid. Is a unicorn a cryptid? No.
0: A real quick line about the Yeti. Uh Uh-huh. The most credible report. Is a photographer that was in the mountains of uh, wherever the fuck in the Himalayans. And he saw a creature 200 to 300 yards away for about a minute. He said, Unquestionably, the figure and outline was exactly like a human being. Walking upright and stopping occasionally to pull at some dwarf bushes, it showed up dark against the snow and, as far as I could make out, wore no clothes.
1: So, wait, it was. I guess I always imagined that they were white. It's dark against the snow because it's dark colored. Well, actually, I think it's white in
0: like pop culture, but actually I'm looking at some of these notes and everyone describes it as a long dark
1: hair. Like brown or black, yeah, okay. Yeah. The one I think about is the one from the fucking claymation uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yeah.
0: And he's white
1: with a blue face. Is it
0: called a Yeti in that?
1: Abominable Snowman. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He's a scary motherfucker in that.
1: Cornelius cornel, cornel yeah. uh Yukon Cornelius make fucking quick work of his goofy ass.
0: <laughs> I hate how Cornelius picks his teeth with that little axe uh <laughs> the, the little pickaxe. I can it's still dangerous. like hear and picture that in my mind and I hate it. All right, anyway, so that that's pretty much all it's interesting on. It. They've done DNA tests on like supposed hair teeth for feces, but none of they all turn out to be bears.
1: Yeah, that was going to say that's the disappointing thing about the uh, Bigfoot is like every time someone finds like a tuft of hair, they test it and it's not Bigfoot hair. I think I watched something one time where they test the hair and they're like, we couldn't figure out what it was. And I just assumed like, ah, they're probably lying to me.
0: They finally figured out. They're like, looks like it's the, let's see, pull, the results are printing off now. One second. Okay, here it is. Yes. Yes, it is the butt hair of a fat man. <laughs>
1: We know that that's not Bigfoot because he doesn't have a butt crack.
0: Yeah, well, at least the ladies don't. They got a lot going on up top, not on butt. The unicorn is not in the uh, top 10. There's one more in the top 10 I think you can get.
1: Centaur? No. Minotaur?
0: No. You have to remember, every creature in this list is believed to be real by somebody. I don't Uh. think anyone ever thought there were Minotaur's out there. More so, it's just like they were written in stories about, you know, same with unicorns. But people out there really think the Jersey Devil exists. Yeah. Think old timey. Think uh, in the sea.
1: Oh, like a giant squid. Yeah, the kraken. Oh, yeah, the kraken. I guess when I kept, kept thinking the kraken was a, uh, I keep getting confused with Cthulhu. Now, the kraken is just the big squid or octopus thing, right?
0: Yeah, and Cthulhu came from, uh, isn't that a...
1: Lovecraft.
0: Lovecraft, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it was, you know, originated from a work of fiction. Same with, that, that's a better way to say what I was saying earlier, like a unicorn originated from fiction, whereas these all originate from reported sightings. Yeah. So, the Kraken is number seven, and according to legend, the Kraken is believed to be a giant sea creature with tentacles that lurks in the depths of the ocean. Its earliest known sighting is the year 1250 in Norway. In Greenland. It uh, stems from Nordic tales that describe monsters with huge tentacles that roam the sea. And a Danish historian, Erik Pontepidin, described the creature <laughs> in detail in an account from 1755 saying the monster was round, flat and full of arms.
1: Hell yes. That's
0: never a good way to be described. <laughs> full, full of arms. Full of arms. And in a sexual way, that's also a bad thing to be full of arms.
1: Ew, yeah. You don't even want like one, really.
0: Uh, So, in 1857, remains of a creature believed to be a kraken were washed up on shore, a giant ass squid. There were giant ass squids that were like bigger than anything we have today. And don't forget that like, I don't know the percentage, but the majority of the ocean is still not been discovered.
1: Yeah. Of all the things we talked about so far and probably will talk about today, kraken to me is the one that's like... Yeah, I'm almost positive. There's got to be a giant gross squid or octopus down there that every once in a while floats up to the top and just says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab something. I'm going to scare the hell out of everybody. Full of arms. Full of
0: piss and vinegar and arms. <laughs> you need eight, nine, and ten. Is there anything <laughs> of, left you haven't guessed yet?
1: I can't think of anything that I had that like off the top of my head. All right, think
0: Australia.
1: Australia. Uh.
0: Amphibious animal, elongated neck, the body resembling an ox or hippo or manatee. Oh, wait, sorry, that's the description of the Tennis Podcast Sidekick Coast. Hang on, let me get to the, uh, okay. Uh, and some accounts give it a human figure as well. It's the Bunyip,
1: you know that? No, I've never heard of that.
0: Bun. Yeah, it's spelled B U N Y I P. Okay. Yet. I'm looking at It's an it Australian up. mid-19th century when it originated. It's purportedly made booming or roaring noises and was given to devouring human prey, especially women and children. And the origin of the belief probably lies in the rare appearance of fugitive seals far upstream. The monster's alleged cries may be that of the bittern marsh bird. So,
1: this thing looks awesome.
0: Yeah, it does. But it has such a cute little name. Like I was almost picturing like a little bunny. The Bunyip.
1: Yeah, Bun and Yip. Yip is something like a cute little dog makes when it's barking. And this thing looks like Zool from Ghostbusters.
0: It's bad. There's another drawing of it. I think it's on Wikipedia too if you scroll down. Where it has almost like an alien body and head. It's uh-huh. he- it, almo- it almost looks like the monster from Stranger Things. But it's walking on all fours. Do you see that? Uh it's walking out of the sea. Yes. Yeah.
1: Good God. It's got um, wibbly wobbly arms. They've got, mm-hmm. it's got noodle arms and its eye looks like it's lighting up. Fucking hot. Terrifying.
0: Right? Yeah. That's the Bunyip. He's number eight. I think it's the, yeah, it's the, the most talked about, most popular cryptid in Australia.
1: Based on the fact that I've never heard of the Bunyip before tonight. But knowing what I know about Australia and the fucked up crazy shit that goes on down there with animals and bugs, I'm going to say this is likely to be something legit too.
0: Something to it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see
1: that. You said it's number eight? Yeah. So, you're going to have to- Number nine. You're going to have to like walk me down the path because I am just tapped out of cryptid guesses.
0: Number nine is Canada's lake monster.
1: I do not also, know what that is called.
0: The Ogopogo. Or Agopogo? O-G-O-Pogo. And it goes back to at least 1978. It's also known as the Naatik and the Nataka.
1: Yeah, this looks just like a Loch Ness monster. A sea dragon.
0: Well, 1978, a legend hunter.
1: <laughs> a legend hunter. Oh, I mean, he's hunting legends? Yeah, that's what he is. That's his job. (laughs) What, you know, his his wife had to tell like her parents she was marrying this guy. Like, what does he do for a living? Oh, he is No, she pretends she didn't hear. He's (laughs) a hunter? Oh, like like deer or elk? Like, oh, that's a kind of cool way to make legends. He's looking for legends.
0: (laughs) I wonder how many he's caught. You know, that's the thing. If you're a legend hunter, after 20 years of being a legend hunter and you've caught zero legends...
1: <laughs> you're shit-ass legend hunter. You come up with bupkis. It would be fun bulkus. though,
0: if you had the means to where like you didn't have to work and you could just spend all your time going to alleged sites of you're sightings of cryptids... You're basically just
1: camping and pretending to look for something.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: That anyway. actually does sound kind of nice. He
0: says he saw an Agapogo and I know okay. he's probably pretty credible as a legend hunter. All right, number 10 is the Mongolian Death Worm, which also <laughs> looks and sounds terrifying. It is a red-colored headless worm that emits electricity and a poisonous venom that can lead to instant death for any other creatures that come close. And according to Mongolian folklore, the worms hide in the sand, creating underground tunnels or swords. You know, I think Tremors might be yeah, this based on this. Yeah, this
1: awesome. I'm looking it up too. The sandworm from Dune is probably based on this oh, thing yeah. too.
0: Yeah. And this is the only cryptid in here where there's been zero sightings. No documented sightings.
1: Wait, what? How can it be a cryptid if there's no sightings? Yeah, it's just something I don't know. that somebody
0: thought up. <laughs> I think it's just like an urban legend that was told over time.
1: Oh, and, like, okay.
0: But it was told as like a fact and not a story. I don't know. I don't know how it gets its status here, but it is number 10.
1: So I looked it up as soon as you. I couldn't have typed Mongolian deathworm fast enough. And on the wiki article, it says, uh, under appearance, the Mongolian prime minister in 1922, the prime minister at that time, wrote or described it as, it is shaped like a sausage about two feet long, has no head nor leg, and it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. It lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert.
0: Who said this? The Prime Minister?
1: Yes, the Prime Minister of Mongolia back in 1922, a guy named. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to copy and paste this name to you. Dom, oh, I see it. Damdin Damdin Bazaar. Jalkans Kutagd Sodnamin <laughs> Damdin Bazaar. You nailed it. <laughs> he was damned bazaar, that's for sure. And he was the Prime Minister in 1922. Uh, he resigned in the face of accusations in 1922 that he had conspired with reactionary enemies to overthrow the government. And then soon after, he was executed. This is also Shit. the same year that he described the f- fucking Mongolian deathworm. Was he executed by
0: deathworm? Kind of like how Luke had to fight that whatever that was in Star Wars. That's how they should execute him.
1: This thing was only two feet long. I think they'd probably use it to like scare the hell out of you by like putting it oh. near your privates. I didn't realize it was so teeny. It, well, cute. two feet long is a big for a well, worm yeah. but, yeah, small, right. but for a small for a small. But the point was that he said it, you, all you have to do is touch it and it's so poisonous it would instantly kill you.
0: Yeah. And it's shaped like a sausage so you're probably salivating over there.
1: There's one picture of it on the wiki article and it is an absolute nightmare.
0: I mean, it, it's it red literally... And it
1: has like blood coming out of its mouth. It's whole. It's a mouth whole. Oh, God.
0: It does look exactly like a tremor. Basic. Uh, no, because tremor had the little tentacles in its mouth, right? So, I guess it's more like... Um,
1: it's more like a sandworm from Dune or... Yeah, but it's red. It looks very alien. It looks like something you definitely want to keep your penis away from. Speak for yourself, prude. Well, I'm gonna again. Like I know this doesn't make for the best nope podcast right here, sure but it. I am going to send you a picture. <laughs> and man, like I don't know, maybe you do want to stick your dick in that. <laughs> doesn't
0: that look kind of like a gamble? You wanna just start a podcast where you just look at Google
1: Images and just just send you pictures and say like look (laughs) at this.
0: Send me pictures.
1: Look Can you believe this shit? But look at that thing. Tell me that like for a second you're like, well, maybe. It looks like a fleshlight. It looks like a fleshlight, but on both sides of it it has extremely sharp thorns. My chance of those. If I could just be real careful. Here's the beauty of this
0: though. You know, on our Patreon bonus episode there was a part in there where we were talking about glory holes mm-hmm. and how women can't use glory hole or they can't they can't be the person behind the glory
1: hole. They don't have a part to put through it. They can only yeah. receive what's coming. To exactly. Yeah.
0: But this thing you can put through a glory hole because yeah. it has if a long this... worm body but the end of it looks like a vagina.
1: Yeah, this is the, so truly the best why of Why are we worlds. doing this?
0: <laughs> why are we talking about this? We need, we need to stop this. We need to stop. Okay. We did it. I did
1: yeah, it. That was great. This is 140 minutes that flew by because I was fucking fascinated with <laughs> these disgusting Damn. vaguely sexual creatures.
0: I knew you would be. So give me a quick like top 3 of creatures that are either your favorite or the most interesting, however you want to define it, but like what are the 3 that kind of stand out as your go-to cryptids?
1: Mothman is my favorite cryptid because of the spooky stories, the premonitions, the coming out of the dark with the red eyes and then the bridge collapse. Bigfoot is, I think part of the reason why I like Bigfoot is because there's also so much uh, room for like silliness and jokes around a big monkey man. Think about how easy it was to talk about big hairy ape boobs.
0: But not the monkey man of Delhi who killed people. But yeah, Bigfoot, you're right. Yeah. Bigfoot, there's, there's a lot to work with with Bigfoot. You, if you want to believe in Bigfoot, there's plenty out there to titillate you. If you don't want to believe in Bigfoot, there's plenty of hoaxes and proven, you know, diss facts about Bigfoot. If you want to make fun of Bigfoot, you can do that too. If you want to have Bigfoot be in your beef jerky commercial like Jack Links, then you can do that too.
1: Yeah, Bigfoot uh, is kind of like aliens and UFOs in that respect in that like you can have fun yeah. with them in so many different ways. You can go all in and be like, I believe they're totally real. You can think that they're not really real but still enjoy the hell out of them yeah bigfoot is he's got a little something for everybody yep and the other one let's see can't believe i forgot about him for so long but kraken is pretty gnarly when you think about old sailors in the 1800s uh uh-huh. this just giant beaked octopus coming out and wrapping its tentacles all the way up the mast of the ship and like pulling it down into, into Davy Jones's locker.
0: Davy Jones's locker, yeah.
1: I think that's exciting.
0: Kraken's pretty great. So Bigfoot's mine, just because of what we talked about. But I'll yeah. also add Loch Ness to the list, and that is because Loch Ness is such a cultural phenomenon that like everyone's heard of it. People make trips around the world just to go to Loch Ness. So it's just kind of interesting how like uh, how big it is, I guess. But Mothman's great too, just because it's the only one on here that has like a. It appeared and caused mayhem and chaos for a short time and then has never been seen again.
1: And he's just noped right back out.
0: There's never even been a hoax about him since then. Like, no one's even uh-uh. tried. And I think that community there, it fucked him up.
1: They would love, had there never been a, a Mothman mm-hmm. in the fucking rascally trouble he caused.
0: Well, good thing there was so we could do this podcast episode about it. Yep.
1: 46 people. Eh.
0: Well, I mean, I've heard of worse. Here's the top 10 the Mongolian death worm. The Agapogo. That's the Canadian lake monster. Uh huh. The Bunyip. That is the um, Australian one. Body of an ox. Head of. Oh, yeah. Body of an ox in the water. Whatever.
1: <laughs> head of an ox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Seven is the Kraken. Six is the Jersey Devil. We're the devils. Five is the Mothman. Four is the Chupacabra. That's the stupidest one on here because it's like so obviously just wild dogs.
1: I mean... It's I, kind of sad because having a cool new cryptid kind of in our part of the world would be pretty exciting. But yeah, it's just obviously like a bummer of a dog. bummer of a dog.
0: Three is the Yeti, two is the Loch Ness Monster, one is Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch.
1: Samsquatch.
0: There's your top 10.
1: Probably that goddamn Sasquatch. On YouTube, there are some great, you know, whether they're hoaxes or not, they're very well done videos of people who, you know, they, have, they caught an encounter with Bigfoot and uh, yeah, I have many an evening has been spent going down a Bigfoot rabbit hole on YouTube watching night vision tinted footage of people <laughs> going like, Pubes,
0: Pubes. A rabbit hole, huh? You got holes on the mind tonight.
1: Well, rabbit hole is what they call it when you...
0: Oh, no, I know, but what it's else like would the I call it? the 20th time you've mentioned holes. Remember you talked about wanting things in your holes earlier or wanting people to look in your holes?
1: Nah, yeah, I'm like a comedy... Uh, factory, I'm pumping out the jokes. Oh my <laughs> I'm not warehousing them.
0: You don't even remember the jokes from the same episode. No. Uh-uh All right.: Well, we all recording this over several days. We do like five-minute takes each day. I over like, catching my breath.: Over 50 days, and then I edit it into one episode.: Absolutely true. That's exactly how I do it Well, you mentioned a bummer of a dog, so let's hope yep. that no one calls us a bummer of a podcast in some of these podcast reviews I'm about to read
1: smooth the
0: first one comes from the basic murder babes on apple podcast great show by the way check out the basic murder babes their hosts they reviewed us they said currently binging and loving it i'm particularly impressed with how much information these two men know (laughs) something about two men
1: (laughs) two men
0: (laughs) Uh, the two hairy men could have added these two men know especially about true crime and horror This podcast is fun, informative, and interesting. Also, I love that Nick and Brandon love each other through hatred. That's a really good way to put it. I do hate you. Thank you. They remind me of my own friends and family. Side note, Nick's voice is freakishly similar to actor Paul Wesley.
1: I don't know who that is.
0: So, let's look up Paul Wesley.
1: Yeah. Paul Wesley. I don't know this guy.
0: Oh, the Vampire Diaries. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay, well, he looks like a hunk, so I'll take it. I sound like him.
1: Fucking vampire?
0: So, another one from Scott, also on Apple, he says, this podcast is fantastic. If you want a podcast that breaks down everything in a list form, this is your podcast. I could listen to these two all day. Well,
1: (laughs) don't do that. It'll give you brain damage. Yeah, careful with that. (laughs)
0: Please don't do that for your own
1: good. It'll make you sicker than hell.
0: I listen to our podcast a lot because I have to edit it, and goddamn, by the end, I just want to, Punch Brandon in the face so hard. I don't know, nobody's
1: ever done that. So,
0: uh, well, anyway, he says, uh, can't wait to see what to do next. So, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Basic Murder Babes. And if you want me to read your review on this show, go to Apple Podcasts or you can also go and search Tennis Podcast on podchaser.com. That's like the IMDB of podcasts. It's a really cool site if you like to kind of organize your podcast. You can also review us on there.
1: Review your asses off. We love it. We do.
0: What did you think of the Spooktober episode? Did it deliver?
1: Yeah, that was great. I love creepy animals. I love animals and I love getting creeped. So, I love creepy animals. Okay, so you said the same thing twice there. We will um, continue Spooktober next week too. Got to find some spooky.
0: Yep, it's on you this time. There's two more episodes left in Spooktober and there's two more minutes or less that I will give to this show. Some... Transitioning here smoothly to say that we're going to go. And next week, episode 104, we'll also be there doing another list like this one now, but live. That
1: was super <laughs> clumsy and awkward. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.